Martin Harris had lost the 116 pages that had been entrusted to him by the prophet, and I'm sure it was terrifying to think about facing the prophet again. When he was finally able to talk to Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith was devastated by the news. And God wasn't pleased either. In fact, God told Joseph Smith that he was not allowed to translate the plates. And for several months, Joseph Smith was not able to resume his translation of the golden plates. Finally, in the spring of 1829, Joseph Smith was permitted to again resume the translation process. But this time, he didn't go back to the large plates of Nephi. Instead, he turned to the small plates. This is Reading Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon. And we're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I'm Andrew Harris. And we're happy that you would join us today. You know, it wasn't long after Joseph Smith resumed the translation process that he came upon a vision that Nephi had had. This vision involved things that would happen in the future. Particularly, he saw the things that would happen in the last days. I'm sure from Joseph Smith's perspective, this must have had immense interest because Nephi was talking about Joseph Smith's time. And our time. And our time, that's right. In this vision, he saw several things that we want to discuss now. This is chapter 14, verse 10. And he said unto me, Behold, there are saved two churches only. The one is the church of the Lamb of God, and the other is the church of the devil. Wherefore, Whoso belongeth not to the church of the Lamb of God, belongeth to that great church which is the mother of abominations, and she is the whore of all the earth. Okay, why? Two churches only. So this is an interesting conversation I've been thinking a lot about, and I know you have too. Well, yeah, why two churches? It seems kind of harsh to think that anyone who's not in God's church belongs to the church of the devil. Whoso belongeth not to the church of the Lamb. What's the church of the Lamb? The church of Jesus Christ. Whoever doesn't belong to that church uh, belongeth to that great church which is the mother of abominations, and she is the whore of all the earth. So either you're a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, or or you belong to the church of the devil. That's a little harsh, isn't it? There are a lot of really good people. Yeah. Well, and and when Joseph Smith was having his first vision, he was told not to join any of those churches because... They have a form of godliness, but they teach for doctrine the teachings of men, and they're an abomination to our Heavenly Father. Yeah. But I think there's another way that we can look at this that is a little more... Inclusive. Inclusive. That's right. And that is to to think about the eternal perspective of things. Because it really can be, if we're just thinking about right here and right now, it seems a little harsh. But when we think about the eternal perspective, we know that we're doing work in temples for the dead, and and that is for a purpose. So our Savior and our Heavenly Father, they look at at all these people on the world, on the earth, in a a more eternal perspective. And they can see that all those people who are good humans, good people trying to serve God and trying to do the right thing. Follow Christ, many of them, yes. Yeah, will eventually be saved or be uh, in the same place as, as any of the members of the church who experience all those ordinances and things in this life. Well, and that's where I'm glad to say I don't have no, to worry about we it. We don't have to worry about it. Because I'm not going to judge them. <laughs> I'm not the judge. And he is. Our Savior will judge us all, and he knows us. They'll be able to judge us fairly and know exactly where we should be and where we'll end up and 
I don't know exactly how that'll all go down, but... So what you're saying is that from God's perspective, the Church of the Lamb of God is not just the members of the church. It's the faithful members of the church and all of those who will eventually reach exaltation. Yeah. Even though they may not at this point claim to be members of the church. Yeah. And we really can't say what number that will be. We don't know. But I do think that there are basically two churches. There's two kingdoms. There's uh, there's the kingdom of God on earth and in heaven. But that's basically the same kingdom in God's eyes. Then there's the, the church of the devil, which is the, the opposite. And so for God, it's it's black and white. But for us, it's a lot more gray and we... We can't really we judge. We can't judge. That's right. From Joseph Smith's perspective, as he dictated this now to Oliver Cowdery, who was his scribe, he then translated the following passage. And this is in chapter 14, verse 12. Would you read that? And it came to pass that I beheld the church of the Lamb of God, and its numbers were few. So I think at first he saw, oh, he's seeing the church of the Lamb of God as he dictates that. And then there must have been some concern because its numbers were few. Yeah. And we don't know if actual number that we're talking about or a percentage. Either way, it's few. Like yeah. you, It's always been few, even today. Continue on reading. Because of the wickedness and abominations of the whore that sat upon many waters. And that's kind of interesting, too, because he tells us why its its numbers are few. And I think the world, there's so much wickedness in the world, and, and it's tempting for a lot of people because they offer things that seem like happiness, but they're not, but it keeps, I think it keeps the numbers few because so many people are convinced by the... Lehi's vision, which was fairly similar to this. And what yeah. did Lehi see? Yeah, and he saw the great and spacious building right. and, and all those people mocking and, and drawing people towards them, even though they would get lost, a lot of them. And Well, that great and spacious building represents the church of the devil. Yeah. And it does everything it can to try to destroy the faithful saints of God. Nevertheless, I beheld that the church of the Lamb, who were the saints of God, were also upon all the face of the earth. Listen to that. Joseph Smith must have been thrilled. Here he sees the church is going to be few, but what does he see in addition? They're going to be everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and while their numbers are few, I think it's it's always been growing. Let's just return again to the perspective of Joseph Smith. Yeah. At this point, 1829, how big was the church at that point? There was no church. <laughs> there was no church. There was, it hadn't been restored yet. There was Joseph who knew that it was coming and his family, he, he talked to him about. And, but none of them were really in, in, in a church. There was no organization. And how long would it be? Till 1830. So it was soon, but... About another year when the church was organized with its initial six members. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, beheld the power of the Lamb of God, that it descended upon the saints of the church of the Lamb, and upon the covenant people of the Lord, who were scattered upon all the face of the earth. And they were armed with righteousness and with the power of God in great glory. Again, from the perspective of Joseph Smith, this must have been such a thrill to write these things down, to translate from those plates and know that this was Nephi's vision of the last days. These covenant people, he may not have even known what covenant people were at that point. Probably didn't. But they were scattered upon all the face of the earth, and they were armed with righteousness and the power of God in great glory. Yeah. Those things had to be thrilling. Yeah, I think it, it must have been. I love that part, armed with righteousness and with the power of God. 
I feel like it's an indirect maybe, but a reference to the temple where we go and we make these covenants right. and we're endowed or given this, this gift, this power that arms us as we go out into the world to confront all the problems that the world offers us. Yep. And Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery were seeing this as a future event. For us, we can realize that this is now happening. Yeah. There are hundreds of temples, either in constructed or in construction stages, upon the earth. The Book of Mormon has been translated into more than 115 different languages. There are saints of God in almost every country and isle of the sea. Yeah. We're seeing the fulfillment, and we're being armed with righteousness and with the power of God in these days. Thanks for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this broadcast and will be with us next time as we discuss the land of promise. What is the land of promise? And who was it promised to? Until then, enjoy your reading.